pushing the boundaries of expectations, rewriting the rules of adventure are the reasons we get up in the morning. We share your hunger for a life without limits. Well, greetings and welcome back to your Kinetic Belief Podcast for Manifesting Your Abundant Life. So glad to have all of you back with us today. And if you'd like to receive an occasional encouraging text message, just text the word Kinetic to 844-844-0049. StephenCanyon.com is the website and video of the podcast is now available on the website. Drop in to the KB Cam and... Check out Miss Maggie and what she's <laughs> what she's uh, looking like today, and, and how and often she wears black. <laughs> and how often, you look good in all, all colors, Meg. Oh, thank you. Hey, good friend. Hey, bestie. What a day, right? Oh man, a great day. Going after it. I have to say, we were both up early Ooh. today and just chomp, chomp, chomp at the laptop bit. We sure love to talk. <laughs> we were t- we were absolutely talked out by the time we got around to, to doing cup of coffee today's podcast. Uh, you wore me out today. Oh, I just I just have so many questions. No, you don't. You got so many answers until <laughs> is we. Is that what it is? Yes, I learned a lot from you. Oh, that's what a morning! Funny. My head is still spinning. That's so funny. Speaking of spinning, and this, uh, and I was thinking, just kind of rolling off the conversation we were having earlier. Okay. You know, we, we start off in life with so many fantasies and so many dreams and ideas of what the world, of what we think the world is. And, you know, growing, if you <laughs> yes. grow up watching cartoons and I think today playing video games, and I don't, I don't know what it would be like to be five or six or seven years old now, but you just think that the world is something that it's not. And you're fed a lot of... Um, fables and i was just thinking what problem or maybe what situation did television or movies or even books uh, kid books what Mm -hmm. what uh, what did you think would be common but when but when you grew up you found out that it's not common and it's not the norm what a fun question actually um well two things popped to mind one good one not good um i thought i would have to wear a lot more evening gowns Oh, I'm sorry. Maybe you should be wearing more evening gowns. I should wear one on the podcast every day. No, you just... You have a lot of them. Well, as a little girl, you're just like, oh, I'm probably going to be going to so many balls. Oh, every every girl needs to go to a ball. Um, well, we I, I have um, gotten to dress up a lot for the concerts that we do. So that's mm. exciting. That's fun. But, you know, we haven't had concerts in a long time. Um, but then the second thing is I really thought I would have to deal with... Uh, quicksand a lot more often than i have (laughs) with quicksand yes i just remember i don't Uh, i think it was maybe like the swiss family robinson or mm -hmm, one of those mm -hmm. movies and i just remember these very epic quicks it's it's like everyone Mm -hmm. was constantly being sucked into quicksand yeah yeah and i just really thought that was a thing you know you have to watch out for everywhere. Well, that's true because I actually grew up watching a lot of Tarzan movies, and there was always quicksand always in, in Tarzan. Tarzan. But then also, uh, yes. something along those same lines, I thought there would be a lot more memory loss. It seems like most... Oh, just amnesia yeah, everywhere. Yeah, I mean, because it's, it's always a conflict in, in most stories that you're watching in oh, television. Man. You know, Well, of course, they, of course, we don't know what to do with her. She's lost her memory. and. <laughs> Hallmark. How many Christmas adventures are there where the the uh, the protagonist lost their memory, and so they end up a community just brings her in, and she's the queen of the ball, and um, putting together the, the the Christmas parade. You must help us save the the Christmas extravaganza. <laughs> 
But I've never come across someone who had a complete memory loss. Well, and that's a good point. What's funny, though, is that it's always um, it's always romanticized. Like, if only I could lose my memory, my life would be fixed. Isn't it? I guess you could fake it. <laughs> I think that's illegal. Till they hear you singing in the shower <laughs> and say, wait a minute, how do you know that song? Yeah. I don't know. That, Gulp. I guess it's coming back. There are a lot of things like that. Yeah. But, you know, those th- and, wow, and it's yeah. not that memory loss isn't a real thing, and I'm sure it exists. And but it just happens a lot more on television than it does in real life. And it doesn't usually end up how a movie would would portray it for sure. Anyway, those things are fun, aren't they? They are. They are fun. And mm. but it's funny how also how like um, I have to say I the level of fun that I had as a child has only grown throughout my entire life. Like that is not something I do not look back at my childhood and think, oh, those were the good old days. I mean. I feel like I'm living a childhood now, but it's unchaperoned. Like, I don't have any rules or people watching what I'm doing. Mm. <laughs> so it's even better. <laughs> right. You know, I, the world would be a better place if gangs would sing and dance. Oh, like West Side Story? Yeah, wouldn't it? I mean, well, yeah. who wouldn't like a good gang uh, dance and song? Oh, my song? gosh. I don't it's you know, you're funny. charging admission at the alley entrance. I think, and I've said it before. I think all of the all of life should be a musical. And, well, uh, it is if if you live with you, Steve. I mean, hmm. you've always got a song like ready on the lips, and it's it, it, a lot of times it's a song you're writing, so that's always fun. I saw Harrison Ford, and he was. Uh, I love Harrison Ford. He was He's talking so about funny. his life is everywhere he goes. The theme from Star Wars uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter if he's getting a haircut. He it comes in. It's the theme from Star Wars. <laughs> and but oh, yeah. <laughs> but I have to say, anytime I've seen an interview with him, he sort of hates that too, which makes it funny. Issues, problems with life, and you know, and in, in my own um, endeavors, I have counseled so many people over the years, Meg. And a lot of time, people will come in, they seek advice about a problem that they've been identifying with. Mm. And, you know, wouldn't it be better if we were identifying with the issue as my theme song is from Star Wars, but (laughs) people identify with their issues. And so they want advice. What do I do about this thing? They want to know what, what they should do about it. They want to understand how to, how to fix an issue. And, and, and every single time, and I, I was thinking about this, every time somebody's wanting to know how to fix a problem, the first thing that I recognize is that what is missing is knowledge. Mm. It is all it, always, 100% of the time, it's always knowledge that's missing. If It's a problem because there's no understanding. And when the wisdom of light is shown in on a problem, the issue disappears. And so, and this is what the world is facing right now. So many subjective truths have, and even objective truths, have been reexamined, they've been redefined, and where there is no consensus, people are left with the problem of, what do I do about it? Yeah. And social media, uh, worldwide uh, media, has, it just exacerbates the problem of what do I do about this thing that is not what I thought it was? And the issue is, where do I go for the answer? People are looking for answers now. Mm. So here we are at a climax in the evolution of consciousness. And it's really, it's arising like a phoenix from the ashes of, of conflict. And it's the problem of what do I do about the duplicit divide between my egoist emotions, confused feelings, mm. And me, how do I resolve the differences between I and me? 
And, and this is the conflict arising simply because one, it, it's not the other. Mm-hmm. And we know so much more about the desires of the unconscious mind now, today, and the appetites of body and the functions of nature, so much more now than really ever before. In fact, that the fact that we understand that by examining the cravings of each one of those, we understand less and less than we thought we knew. And more and more about higher consciousness, which is what this podcast is about. And you can totally understand why this is such a difficult issue to overcome in life, because I've always found the ego, emotions, and feelings to be quite loud, especially maybe if you're in a state of fatigue or it's been a a rather difficult week or month or year or life. I just think that it's something that can be almost deafening, you know, if you have a you know, you go hiking, you get a blister on the back of your foot. There is nothing that you will that could t- possibly take your mind off that rubbing blister for the next three hours while you're heading back to the car. And I feel like that's always how the ego functions. It's just sort of relentless. And it's definitely in need of overcoming and, and understanding. Well, what you're talking about is this suffering from the lower nature of being, the lesser perspective on the lower nature. And what that does when you focus in on it like you're talking about, maybe a, a, a blister that, that you're rubbing as you walk through life, it just illustrates that we can only be understood from the knowledge of enlightenment mm-hmm. to experience life from the underbelly of conscious perspective while hoping for the best. It's like trying to surface for air by swimming deeper into a lake of water. You're going in the wrong direction, and you're meddling around in the affairs of lower consciousness trying to find the answer of higher consciousness. And a person cannot find peace. You will not locate joy. You will not find authentic happiness and prosperity in a world whose very nature is conflicted by the opposite of self, of itself. And if there's no location within the Uh, empirical world where all the blisters are, if there's no location for the holy grail of success, then why do people even desire this? Why is there an appetite for something that doesn't appear to even exist in this realm we're in? Can perfection even be found? Wow. So while the attributes of the deepest of longings of every single human being, which is to be abundantly, prosperously, at peace with ourselves and with each other, while these things seem to be elusive to the world, and they are to the world, in the world, as it is, and it's hidden from the sight of lower consciousness, it is not these things that are desired, they're not secreted away from you, but they're hidden within you for you to locate and to find. Why are they hidden? I mean, is that something that we can even know and become aware of? Is is there a reason behind that, or is that simply how it is? The, the, well, we, we consider them to be hidden because what's required is choice, uh, the discipline of choice. And if it weren't hidden, if it was in plain sight, then there would be nothing to choose. Mm. It would just be there. So it's the exercise of our dominion and authority in, in, in uh, the increasing of trust and faith in something that cannot be seen in the empirical. So, in other words, if these highest desires were not possible to manifest, the longing for them would not be inherent within you. 
And because it's inherent within you, then really there is a compass pointing in the direction of the location of the treasure that seemingly has been hidden. But all that's required is the correct choice. Wow. And so in that, in that these things are inherent within us, that actually is the first clue on this great uh, treasure hunt that we're all going on to the only location of the elusive treasure of every single human being's original purpose. Well, and I like that we always go back to the original purpose because that really gives you the sense that this alternate, this ego, this egoic existence that you were describing, it's, that's the interloper. That's mm. the thing that's not supposed to be here and not the other way around. Mm. You know, and occasionally somebody was asking about the difference between um, the – uh, persuasion of ego versus that of intuition and things like that. Mm-hmm. And when you get an unction and with it comes light, the uh, the light of wisdom, evidence of awareness, and, and everybody receives those moments of, of uh, that evidence and like, I don't know how I know this, but I just know that this is a good thing. That's light that is coming from within. And it's that awareness, Maggie, that points to the North Star of every single person's authentic identity. So there's a directive there. Light, which is the illumination of purpose, is it's absent any judgments, it's absent any ideas about itself. And so when a person awakens to um, higher consciousness, well, they learn to feel to see what they are experiencing as it is, not as they would rather it to be. Mm. And so this awakening that we talk about, it manifests the absolute most extraordinary revelation of transformation of perspective, of transformation of understanding. And then the day-to-day uh, living of one's best life is the thing that begins to manifest and show up in ways that weren't even expected. I have a question about the nature of awakening when we go through that process, is it instant as if you were jolted awake and now you see and, you know, I was blind and now I see? Or is it sort of a fade? Is it something that you get a little glimpse and then as you grow, you fade into being the fullness of being awakened? Well, it, it's a little bit of both, and it depends on the experiences of the individual. And in some people, it's like being struck by lightning and, and they never go back. And then others, it's you catch glimpses, and then comes the appetite, the desire, and the hunger for more of it. Mm. And others, it, it does require the persistence of desire. And so mm. regardless of how it's coming in and what measures it's coming in, the clarity of existence becomes so translucent to the one who's transcending, translucent to the illusory, which is really a, just a, a sense of awareness of mm what is um, universally, uh, uh, externally aligned with that which is real within, that when, when you receive that clarity of enlightenment, that almost, well, here's what happens, almost all problems cease to exist. And they're just shown to be purely made up. Wow, Pro- yes. That's an issue, it's made up. I'm above that, I'm not beneath it. I'm not underneath that. I'm not affected by that. I don't worry about this. I am not fear. I have no fear about that. I don't need to hurry. I don't need to worry. All of that's purely made up. Those all those things are just egoic imaginings, and they they're results of stories that someone's just been telling themselves. Would you ever pose a, a 
a what seems like a problem as just simply an opportunity to sort of you know stretch our spiritual legs and and work out kinetic belief in that area oh uh, you know i would not choose to intentionally um you do exercise by moving through issues by not uh, wrestling with them however and you're strengthened by the process that's what life does and as we go and grow through the exercise of choices and making decisions uh, we're strengthened by that. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think we ever have to intentionally choose to wrestle with an alligator to, to strengthen our arms and biceps. <laughs> I think that just the process of living this life in of itself is more than enough to um, strengthen yourself and to uh, into awakening and becoming enlightened. But it's the and, and when we intentionally meddle with the empirical forms around us, it always leads to a form of suffering. Well, it's kind of like the artist who creates a sculpture from their imaginings by chiseling away at a rock until it resembles what they think they see. And they're just hammering away at all this stuff. And it's in the same way that a person that's full of egoic drama will continue hacking away at friends and family until just this mess of their imaginings begins to take center stage and begins to take shape. And they're creating it's, it's this illusory of, of a form of Frankenstein's monster, which only exists in the world of, of ahas. See, I told you things were not good. It's the shaping and the forming of that world that someone creates by wrestling with the alligators and choosing to exercise with uh, problems and issues. This idea of having this awareness, really the spiritual sight, it's it's fascinating to me because it does seem like something that you are working to regenerate at all times, every single day, making sure that you're constantly being postured in the right way. Um, as I was painting over the weekend, I started to notice that things would sort of go south when I was very, very close and microscopic on the canvas. And I started to get into this weird rhythm of painting really tiny, teeny tiny strokes. And then mm. I would step back and realize I've messed it up. And so I, I sort of had to keep forcing myself, even if I didn't feel like it, to step back and step back and step back and really get my bearings. And that's that's I'm feeling that relating to what we're talking about. I think a lot, I think a lot of artists do. I know I do when I'm working on my music is when you start getting in there and you start reasoning mm. with the notes and you're reasoning with the colors and the paint and the mixes that you, you move out of the flow yeah. and into the uh, double-mindedness of taking the second approach and third and fourth, not to... Not to undermine the necessity of discipline and practice and the function of using the ego as a tool to, to perfect a, a talent and for the enjoyment of the experience. But the issues of life dissolve to no effect, and they trans, it transforms our awareness to that of a peace of mind when the empirical world no longer presents itself as the answer to your questions, wow. to the issues, to the conflicts that you are, are wrestling with. You know, I'm being reminded of you, you teaching us about desire and how desire is actually just what we're focusing on. And so you can see how these 
these two principles go hand in hand perfectly. Because if we can become aware and only aware of, you know, turning from the empirical world and turning toward the spiritual, the real world, the universal world, um, then all of a sudden it's going to be activating our desires and activating manifestations. You know, the... Desire is evidence of an abundance. Desire is evidence of the existence of something. Mm. You cannot desire something that's not possible. It's not possible in this universe. The abundance of life is revealed to exist first spiritually within every human being, and, and it's located in totality within every human being. In exactly the same way, Maggie, that all things manifested come from the unmanifested. And because it's in the unmanifested doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And the fact that you desire it is proof, evidence that it does exist. For example, in quantum physics, the God particle was shown to be the mechanism whereby the blueprint for all things first imagined come from out of the formless, um, out of the non-empirical. And so here we are. This podcast has a worldwide audience. Over a quarter of a million people from over 40 countries are listening to these podcasts. Now, why is there such a worldwide appetite for spiritual abundance? Why is there a desire for enlightenment to awaken from a a deep conscious sleep? Why is this even part of uh, our sense of awareness? It's because the desire for more is evidence of a life being lived. Life is evidence of advancement, and the longing for more is necessary for both of those. In other words, increase is the desire for far more than the minimum necessities for uh, day-to-day living. I think it's interesting that what you're describing, it gives me the sense that we're, we're constantly being drawn toward the trueness of self and things that are supposed to be a part of our lives. And I love how the law of attraction, yes, we're activating it. Yes, we are working every day toward it and in it. But there's also this this natural magnetic quality of the things that we were meant to have within us, around us, and experience. Mm -hmm. I like that the universe is trying to get the nature of the universe is to try and get those things to us. Right. And you're right. Because, you know, when you say things like the law of attraction and even being a kinetic believer and understanding and working on the five modalities of kinetic belief, you're still dealing with very limited constructs of yeah. the, the bigger draw that comes from within for the holistic more of life. Yes. More uh, of the essence of life within me. We have the beginning now of a larger answer to our existence. And the manifesting power of belief that's practiced in a continuous manner, not reasonings that are double-minded, not thinking that's susceptible to caving in and quitting, giving up, Mm. but the immovable belief that can it only comes from transcending the corruptible. That becomes one with higher consciousness in order to develop the kinetic forces of a universal uh, vector for drawing the desire of the higher existence into the practical world of a person's experience in the now. Mm. But it's, it's stepping into that higher consciousness, Maggie, that creates this, and it's kind of like a, a vector drawing aircraft into a, an airport and showing them where to land. We're drawing using the law of attraction through this, 
immutable desire because we just know that we know that there's more to existence, that the law of attraction then works and the substance of our faith, of our belief begins to manifest in the world where we can see it. It makes me think about when um, your body needs something and you start to crave it. You know, if you're missing salt, you just all of a sudden crave salt. You know, children will even, uh, you'll find them eating dirt out on the playground if they're missing, if they have an iron deficiency. And it makes me think of what you're saying in a spiritual context. When we're missing something, everything that we need to know what that is, how to get it, where is it, it's all within us or it's already warehoused in the universe. And I just find that, Oh, man, that just bears up under hope and optimism and positivity because it's concrete. It's already these mechanisms are in place, ready and willing to help us. Uh, so there it is, you know, knowledge. Now, the desire for more knowledge and to increase in awareness, that is the beginning of seeking and finding insights mm. to make the purposeful, mindful decision to uh, relate with and to identify with being an, an intentional kinetic believer, which is just someone who chooses to be a lighthouse on planet Earth for the law of attraction to increase the nature wow. of its unblemished being. I love that, making sure that we are identifying with being a kinetic believer because it almost feels like a suit of armor that we put on and we're going through life and it's so obvious who we are what we are to us and everyone else and so the question now becomes well what do i do as a kinetic believer Stephen meg <laughs> now that i'm flying high above all the noise of the world what yeah. about all of the life forces that continue to degrade the world around a kinetic believer how are you going to deal with that these are questions that are common to those that are really just getting started uh, living and experiencing the life of an enlightened uh, a transcendental being mm. how do you become security minded in the face of adversity because just because you transcend and you you change your sense of awareness that doesn't mean that adversity goes away right. it doesn't mean that problems cease to exist and so you know how do you face adversity well, this is a great question because and this is a contradiction in terms here which it really delves deeper than the desire for living your best life while you're attempting to enjoy the security from those things that continue to lurk in the dark. They're still there. They still bang on the door. They're still, they still know how to push buttons that you thought you got rid of. So in other words, if you want to be secure from all of those things that proverbially go bump in the night, <laughs> then what you're saying is you want to be separate from life. But now here's the conundrum. Then is it not the desire to be separate from life that makes a person unhappy and insecure? Mm. Because, now think about it this way, to be separate, to uh, be secure, to be at peace means to isolate and it means to fortify yourself, to hide out, to, to build up a wall around yourself. Nietzsche wrote in his book, Beyond Good and Evil, he said that well-being, as you understand it, is certainly not a goal. It seems to us an end. And he said, a condition which at once renders man ludicrous and contemptible and makes his destruction desirable. Mm. So here we are. Who is it that wants to experience the best, most abundant, prosperous, uh, peaceful life filled with joy and happiness? Who wants that? 
Because if, if this is you, well, then you are inordinately saying at the same time that you desire the destruction of you. So we have an issue, right? So with some clarity here, we can now begin to consider the person behind the curtain. It is the I behind the you that wants to be the light of its original intentions. Problem solved. Now we know that all of you, all of us from around the world, we can begin to understand that the security from what the ego has been identifying with has been erroneously attached to things like the VIP experience, uh, to the, well, I'm, exclu- I'm exclusive experience, or to the, um, <laughs> hey, mom, I did it. I grew up to become, a, to become a, a very special person. Aren't you proud of me? And now all is well in my life. And so as a result of all of that, the personality of you that is made anxious by the uh, corruptible, impermanent constructs of the make-believe, the part of you that is you, that equates uh, success with belonging to the secure church, being a citizen of the best nation, uh, being a member of the elite class, living in the nicest neighborhood, all of those things, that the, the problem with egoic insecurities strengthened by these kind of associations and those kind of memberships into the better club is that those things will never be enough. Even when a person constructs their their life with the best of intentions, uh, just being a stellar citizen, it's still the intentions that ultimately create the contradiction to the higher self. Mm. And so I said all of that to say that when a person believes they're going to live up to the best ideal that they can possibly live up to, they're still divided into to the uh, dualistic nature of consciousness. In other words, the ego, which tries and it really tries to please, really tries to awaken, and it puts forth all kinds of effort. It's really trying to fulfill and to satisfy. Well, it's still unawake. The higher being is the part of you which awakens when awareness turns the light on. And as a result of you looking within for the truth of you, accepting nothing from the lesser of you, loving yourself as you were first loved, the I behind the you, when the light is shown, it becomes transcendent to the lower life of what you thought you were. I can just feel my highest self nodding and and really just absorbing and drinking in everything you're saying as quickly as it possibly can as if, you know, you've just come back from a big a long run and you're gulping the water, you know, when you first get back to the house and um there was a this makes me think too. You know in cartoons when like there's a cliff and they keep like having the signs that say something like cliff ahead. No, really, there's a cliff. Roadrunner is really, a really good one. <laughs> really for that. big cliff ahead. Yes. And the yeah. signs sort of get bigger mm, and bigger. Sure. And everything that you were walking us through, I kind of felt like that's what you were doing for us. You know, sticking signs up along this road saying, turn around. No, don't stop. The VIP experience, this is all fake. It looks good, but it's not real. You're about to attach yourself to something that's going to totally let you down. And I just have a deep appreciation right now for the awareness that you're giving us for these, not just warning signs, but for the right direction to be to be going. Right. You, you let go, truly let go to begin desiring to flourish. And that's total separation. That it really becomes a way of life for those that let go to flourish and, and to flourish from the light of their inner being. Mm. Because, you know, it's not possible for one nature to become the other. 
or to coexist with the other. The lower nature within everyone will attempt to emulate the higher. It will attempt to masquerade as something that it cannot be. And it always fails. And when, and when left to its own, as the answer to suffering, for example, it invariably just leads to more suffering. You know, you mentioned isolation a moment ago, and it's, it's making me wonder if, is it, you know, is it important to find a tribe of people that it's not about the tribe, <laughs> where it's just about the individual, and we're all sort of coming together with the understanding that, look, this is all about being authentic, and that's, what, that's the only thing that we really have in common. Well, I think it absolutely is necessary to get around other people that are celebrating and championing and and uh, illuminating the world around them with a the light from within, because otherwise you're going to find yourself with a so-called tribe of human beings that are trying to transcend them, their their ego with the ego. And, and, and this, this is a fallacy behind human strivings and, and efforts to climb up a ladder that one holds for themselves to climb. Mm. It it doesn't work. And the more someone attempts to, for example, become happy with circumstantial happiness in the same way that the the more intensively they try to forget themselves, and the more they try to forget themselves, the more they remember the self that they want to forget. And it's just a vicious circle that wow. they find themselves in. You described that so uh, beautifully. I mean, the, the picture that you painted, it's so real. And I think we've all been there. If we've ever been in any kind of um, faction of people, most of the time you can totally sense that there is an ego hierarchy in place and we're all, there's an econ- even an ego economy in place. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to feed mm-hmm. your, you, I'll scratch your back and you scratch my ego's back. Um, but you know, it doesn't matter what the faction is. It's just as detrimental. And it's going to keep us. It's going to block us from being able to to move on. It'll block you because you're, you're, you are still associating with mistakes, with failure, with sufferings, with ranking. Uh, you're identifying with an, an order. Yeah. And the mistakes, the failures that you're, you've identified with, the relationships that went wrong, the misgivings and all of the regrets, all of the impersonations of identity, regain... Um, a, a life of its own, and it, it keeps putting life back into the ego to blow it back up every time that it's challenged to not exist. Wow. And so mm. the, the very thing people want to escape from, the displeasure from suffering that they want removed from their life, the more they ignite by identifying with it, and the more they move into the agony of the despair of that thing. It's wow. kind of like trying to hold your breath if you want more of it. And the longer you hold it, the more you will want it. Mm. You know, fighting against what you want to change, that doesn't get rid of it either. In other words, screaming and cursing at bad desires, they, it doesn't get rid of bad desires any more than worrying doesn't get rid of the thing that you're worrying about. And again, this is just, Maggie, this is just the, the vicious circle of a round-robin attempt that in the same way that a... Um, a tornado is strengthened by its revolutions, the pacing of worrisome thoughts strengthens the thing that someone's worrying about. Well, and I really like that you're helping us acknowledge the irony of this situation, because that is the ironic situation that we find ourselves in. When you rip the Band-Aid off, it is going to hurt. It is going to smart for a minute. And there are things that we're going to have to sacrifice. If you have been part of an egoic faction for an extended amount of time, you have, you know, 
you've invested a lot. You have a lot of people, a lot of acquaintances, a lot of relationships that you will most likely end up sacrificing because you want your higher self. You want that higher life more. And so I, I just love that you're helping us acknowledge that going in. You know, let's be let's let's be honest about what's going to be required. Well, somebody that's been investing in a lot of those things, the first thing that you're going to need is a divestment portfolio, or what I call a a, a guided manifestation journal. A divestment portfolio. That's, that's yeah, and you can work on that for 100 today. days. We'll guide you through the divestment of what you've been investing in. That's the best. Because you know what? In the book of Job, God told Job that the thing he feared would come against him, and it did. And that that's the way that interacting with the ego uh, unfolds for all of us, and it was not just unique to the character of Job. Mm. Identifying with the negative brings the negative against you. I love I love that you've brought that to the surface in this podcast, the, the idea that what you fear will come upon you. And I have to say, the deeper that you get into kinetic belief, the, the sort of funnier you react to a fearful thought. Like, you know, at the beginning, I would sort of let it simmer and sit maybe for a few days or a few weeks. But now, if a fearful thought enters my mind, it's almost like when a spider lands on you and you sort of mm-hmm. flip out and, you know, get it off of you as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the life that we're actuating. That's the thing that we're always moving forward in. And that's what keeps us moving forward, these, these intense and immediate reactions. And moving forward, isn't that knowing who you are yes. and whose you are? Wow. And then fearlessly, you can continue to navigate through life. It's it's like the story of the sage who came to the door of heaven's gates and he knocked. And from within, the voice of God asked, who's there? And the sage <laughs> answered, it is I. In this house, replied the voice, there is no room for thee and me. So the sage went away and spent many years meditating over the answer. Returning a second time, the voice asked the same question, and again the sage answered, It is I. The door remained closed. After some more years of meditating, he returned for a third time, and at his knocking, the voice once more demanded, Who is there? And the sage answered, It is thyself. The door was opened. Mm. There is no such thing as safety in a world from a world that is unsafe. The the suffrage of life is experiential for those that are seeking safety from things that are unsafe. And to understand the issues of life with the knowledge of enlightenment is to not face the problems of life to begin with. Immanuel Kant wrote in the Critique of Pure Reason, he said, he said, enlightenment is man's release from his self-incurred tutelage. <laughs> to understand that there are no solutions is to transcend to where all questions are answered, to where all things are working together for good, to the place of consciousness which manifests the abundant life. And that's where nothing is missing, and that's where nothing is broken, And the lifestyle of the enlightened, they look within to live without, not the other way around. 
let's work on some highest viewpoints Let's do here. it. Just say today. Today. I will observe fascinating. I will observe fascinating. And exciting new paths to pursue. And exciting new paths to pursue. I trust my creative genius. I trust my creative genius. And I always make decisions. And I always make decisions. That become great. That become great. I am excitedly focused. <sighs> yes. I am excitedly focused. On manifesting my life goals. On manifesting my life goals. And I am so passionate. And I'm so passionate. About my creative authority. About my creative authority. Maggie. Steve. I have no stress. <laughs> almost said Maggie. <laughs> I have no stress. I don't hurry or worry. I don't hurry or worry. I love living. I love living. And I am so grateful. And I'm so grateful. To see more of me. To see more of me. So right now today. Right now. Today. I, I am growing. I am growing. To advance in my fullest potential. To advance in my fullest potential. And I possess the substance. And I possess the substance. Of real belief. Of real belief. To pass through any obstacle. To pass through any obstacle. That should ever come in my life this should ever come in my life and so right now and right now I am using my authoritative power I am using my authoritative power to create all of the success to create all of the success and prosperity that I desire and prosperity that I desire life is so amazing life is amazing because I am amazing because I am amazing and I really do love me and I really do love me just like I am just like I am and this is my one natural life this is my one natural life so I am going to fully so I am going to fully abundantly Abundantly. Live it. Live it. Today. Today. Wow, you absolutely helped all of us today, Steve. Just understand who we are and, and not just who we are, but where we belong and our place in this world and in this universe. If you do want to check out the guided journal that Stephen mentioned, make sure you go to stephencanyon.com. And if you would like to submit a, a comment or a question for the podcast, you can do that by emailing kineticbelief at stephencanyon.com as well. Sending out so much love and so much light to all UKB creatives <sighs> all around the world. Oh, yeah. Thanks, as usual, Steve, for all the wisdom. Bye.